Welcome to Inner Peace with Dr. Reese, a program that can help you become liberated in the modern world. Now, here's your host, Dr. Kevin W. Reese. Have you ever been ashamed of your very own body? Welcome to episode number 52. Today, I'm talking to Ken Freed. He's a healer, writer, and musician who's committed to the liberation of the heart. And he helps coach other people to find that liberation. But how can you help other people find liberation unless you find liberation yourself? And a few years ago, Ken put out a book about his journey of overcoming the shame that he had with his body, specifically his penis size. The book's called Penis Power. And I remember he went on Facebook and he made this post and it was shocking. And today I'm going to ask him about that, what it did for him, and how do we confront this shame that many of us feel about our very own body. Ken, welcome to the Peace Pod, man. Thanks, Kevin. It's good to be here. So you did something very courageous a few years ago. You went on your Facebook page and shocked people by announcing that you had a penis on the smaller side. Thanks. There's that's something you just don't see very often. And a lot of people came to your support, lots of people. What made you make that announcement? You know, the journey of evolving to a place where this thing that used to mean something didn't mean what it once meant. And now it meant something that was so different that I could actually publicly and openly talk about it. You know, being comfortable with your body is something that a lot of people do not have, right? So for you to do that is, is quite courageous, whether you had a book out or not. Yeah. I mean, you got family on your Facebook page. You got friends on your Facebook page. You got <laughs> potential, you know, I mean, just what everything. What was you went all the way out there, man? And so, what what was the aftermath for you like? The aftermath was there was an initial a a pretty great response to a lot of people that were really inspired by what I shared, and there was a little bit of a flurry of activity for a couple days, week or two. Uh, The aftermath, though, might surprisingly it it was surprising to me that it kind of like went it eventually went to crickets Hmm. and um it's you know i can say this now in hindsight like three years later whatever it is two and a half years that there was this thing that happened that was significant to me which was sharing the story and some people read it and were impacted by it and got me on a couple interviews and things like that but all in all the wave passed sure. and uh there wasn't a huge aftermath 
you know? I had some people message me and be like, thank you. There was a lot of women actually who messaged me that were like, thank you. It's really inspiring to see a man speak about um, his journey and body shame and like yeah. shame specifically around his penis. Yeah. And so there was, I found that it was mainly women that responded and even subscribed to read it, you know, and that it was, it's my, I learned later that it was pretty extreme for men to even like read the story. Yeah. Yeah. You know? Yeah. It can be confronted. Yes. Yes. I, it's a very interesting dynamic. I can't speak for other countries, but in, in this country, once you get 11, 12, 13, 14 years old, you know, kids, kids talk and kids like to make fun of each other. And so this is uh, a narrative that you hear a lot as a young person getting into your teenage years. And look, it, it's obvious every male has a different size penis. It, yeah. There's going to be a demographic of people who have a smaller penis than others. Yeah. And so the question remains, does the person with the bigger penis brag about it? Do, does that in, do they shame the one with the smaller penis? Is somebody going to middle school scared to death because they got swimming class? The dreaded swimming class, right? These are the things that, these are the things that, you know, males and females go through as they're, be, you know, getting into that adolescence. Did you feel that back when you were 11, 12, 13 years old going into those years? We have our experience, our journey, exactly what you're describing, just as women do to their body. Men do as well. Boys do. Yeah. And I in that story told very specific experiences that had a massive impact on the development of my psyche, my identity, and my relationship to my own body. Like catalyzing events that, good or bad, right or wrong, had a negative impact on my confidence as a boy, as a man, my sense of self, self-esteem, you know, uh, that there were very specific events that occurred that shaped my relationship to my own masculinity. Yeah. That were challenging and confronting and in many ways traumatic in their own right. Yeah. And had an impact that was experienced long after the event itself. Right. Where can somebody read this? Is it still available? It's on Amazon. It's a short book, but it's very concise and to the point. And it's a story. I don't give anyone any advice or tell anyone what I think they should do. I'm not saying here's the answer to it's coming not, into your comfort. It's not self-help, right? It's not self-help. It's read the story and there is an impact in reading the story that is therapeutic in itself. You know, it's interesting because we can see the shape of a woman. Okay. So yeah. we, we, we can see that. And that's something that they have to live with. And I remember very distinctively, I remember maybe sixth grade, you know, there would be some kids making fun of the little girls, calling them the itty bitty titty committee. 
that was the uh, that was the the chant and you know looking back it's just like oh my gosh this is this is this is horrible why are we treating each other like this and why does the, the shape or size of your body even matter and once you you know as you know i know getting into sort of the spiritual realms the body we're not even our body so it's like <laughs> we're so stuck on our image that it's it's just ingrained in us and so women women are seen and some of them like to be seen right if they you know some women if they have big breasts they like to show them or they have a nice booty they wear the tight jeans and some don't and there's a demographic right men are covered you know our private parts are are covered so for us it's like when we get involved with a woman or what have you it's like surprise (laughs) right it's a reveal yeah often is so men have the revealing pressure where women don't have that as much because you can pretty much gauge a woman's shape by her clothes yeah and i would add that um independent of that there's still the revealing that happens there there is something in the exposing of the flesh yeah there's that moment of exposure and how one is in relationship to that moment of exposure to a partner or an intimate moment Mm. or non-intimate moment it could be as simple as like going to hot springs in northern california with a bunch of friends and everyone stripping down right to go into like the beautiful hot springs at night under the full moon and it's like whoa what each person is experiencing in that moment could be very different based on their history of their relationship to their body. And so the, the revealing of whether covered or non-covered or hidden or unhidden, there is something that happens in that moment. And for some people, there's nothing that happens. It's no different than brushing the teeth. Right. But, but if someone has a history of shame or um, some sort of abuse to the body, or you know whatever their history is, it's going to have an impact and maybe make that moment more significant than it might be for another person. Right. Which, which was the case for myself. Like that moment of revelation was a uh, activating moment for me for a long time. Yeah, I mean, you confronted it head on. Had to, because it was always there. Right. I'm reminded of George Gurdjieff, you know, was a, uh, uh, a spiritual master. And he details in his, one of his books that his dad, his dad taught him two things. He said his dad taught him to get up early in the morning, always get up early in the morning. And his dad taught him to make sure you always go outside and dance around naked. Interesting. And the idea of it is to never be ashamed of yourself naked. Yeah. Never be ashamed of yourself naked. Interesting. Powerful. Super powerful. And that journey to getting there, if that's not, hasn't been the case for you, is a, it can be a very intensive journey to be able to sabotage 
you're invited to go to the hot springs with friends and you're like, no, I'm not going to go. I have other things going, even though you want to go, but you can't go because you know, there's going to be that moment where everyone's getting naked. So you say, no, I'm not going to go Two, somebody inviting you. And you're like, yeah, I'm going to go. And you get to the springs and everyone's stripping down and you strip down too. And it's no big deal. That journey is a journey. It was for me. Wow. And to just, to have that confidence to not give a crap. Uh, confidence might be the wrong word, but just that comfort. Cause it, you know, that's one of the, that's something we learn on the spiritual journey anyway, is to not care what people think, not just about your body, but about anything to, to be able to overcome that. Like you said, with the hot springs or getting intimate with a woman, uh, that I find it to be very, very powerful. And it, you know, maybe it's not even, a, a, a private part either it could be someone having some fat on their body or you know, having a chest hairy chest <laughs> that, that's hairy back one. right guys with their hairy backs <laughs> yes it's like yes. i'm gonna go get my back waxed well what if you didn't get your back waxed <laughs> right 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 maybe maybe some crooked teeth yeah uh what about what about someone who has a gap in their teeth or uh gap in their teeth or short you know i'm short and there was always the like, oh, all the other guys are taller than me. Right. How I'm tall are you? I'm a short guy. 5'4". Five, 5'4", four. Five, four. okay. Yeah. Hey, Kevin Hart you. is 5'4", you know? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> He's doing all right. He is. So, yeah, I, I, I totally get that. Or somebody who's super tall might feel awkward if they're, you know, six foot eight, you know? Like, why am I a giant? And everyone's like 5'9", you know? So, yeah. yeah, we're we're not the body, man, and and I, that that's a theme that comes up on this podcast very often. Uh, that we have yeah. to go beyond that body, and yeah, if we can strip down and be naked, maybe it just starts with somebody sleeping naked by themselves. I I don't know. I, I don't have the answers to this. Would you say that that's a good method to sleep naked? I mean, shame is, if we're talking about like, how does one um, resolve the shame that they have towards their body? In my experience, it's a very multifaceted journey with many layers of healing, but acknowledging always, in my opinion, is a great first place to begin. Just to acknowledge that like, wow, I feel ashamed of the size of, or I feel ashamed of the hair on my back, or I feel ashamed of my height, or like just acknowledging to oneself that there's this shame is a huge step. Because I know for me, there was a phase of my journey where I wasn't even able to acknowledge the shame itself that i was so at a distance from the thing that was tormenting me that i couldn't even acknowledge it because acknowledging it was too painful or that was the story you know that i was bought into Mm. so for me like there's a big thing and just like whatever that journey is with self just being like, wow, there's this part of my body that I'm really not comfortable with, or I have issues with, or I have a story about or whatever. It's like, awesome. Just having that awareness inside of oneself is huge. Right. One of the reasons why I would think that there is body shame is just because of the, 
social engineering of society. We tend to be so focused on people's bodies. I mean, you go, I, I would think if you go to TMZ.com right now and scroll down, there's going to be bikini shots of some celebrity or something of the kind. We're just very focused on the shape and size of our bodies for whatever reason. Yeah, we, we live in a very objectified world and a hypersexualized world. So, and a deeply wounded and traumatized world so that we see things through the lens of the, the wounding rather than for what it is. So there's a world of people who log on to TMZ and see a object that has been hypersexualized that has an effect and does something that activates the neurochemistry of like the pleasure reward circuitry mm -hmm. that makes me think I'm going to feel better about life if I could just have that thing. And then we, we get lost into this like pleasure reward dopamine addiction that so many people have. And there is a world that feeds that. And, and there's also the, there's a world for one who goes on the journey of where a man can sit across from a woman and acknowledge her, her radiating beauty and see her body and acknowledge the beauty of her body, but also see her spirit and the beauty of her spirit and have, and be able to notice his physical carnal desire and attraction and the flow of sexual energy, but not need to do anything about it because he's mastered himself. And that's a different destination than the destination that a man is destined for if he goes on TMZ and is in that world. You know, there's, yeah. Something else that comes along with the shame is rumors. Mm -hmm. Rumors. Now, how many women have you heard of or seen make fun of somebody that they were with to other people because they're looking for revenge or they're just being vindictive. Yeah. And so I'm recalling this happening a few times in high school with other people. And I'm recalling hearing that like a girl, you know, walking down, you know, at the lunch table saying, Oh, uh, you know, he, you know, he had a small dick, the shame of that person because other people laugh and it's like this whole thing. Right, man, this can be really damaging to a young person. It could ruin a person and it goes two ways. Like I hear that that, you know, is the experience you're sharing about like, yeah, it's small, a small dick and it's two way street. I vividly remember in my high school growing up in New York, like guys, after school talking about girls and saying things that were severely critical and like horrible, horrible. And I'm, I'm drawing a blank on the words, but the sort of things that broke my heart as a young kid where I was like, this doesn't feel right. Like, and I wouldn't participate in those conversations. And then there's so many layers to the social dynamics that we're going through when we're going that age, because maybe the way that you feel like you belong and you're part of community is by being one of the guys that talks shit about that slut, right. but she's not actually a slut. And the thing that she's being sh shamed for publicly never even happened. Right. But 
so but so now do I participate in that with the boys so that I'm one of the guys or do I have the support system and the strength of character in place to actually be like hey guys why are you saying something that's not true about her right. and now I'm the one who gets the 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 arrows pointed at me and so you know what I've noticed about social dynamics when we're younger is a lot of it is how can I stay under the radar and not be the one who's got the fingers pointed at me better for it to be pointed at that person and for me to not participate than for it to be pointed at me and for me to stand up for truth. Yeah. You know, rumors and narratives can be destroying. Destructive. Totally. I know many people who were destroyed when we were younger because of rumors and lies and public shaming and things of that my, nature. My, my story is, is quite the dynamic because, you know, I was always ashamed of my body and then I became a radio personality. So here I am, a, a local public figure in, in my state. And I had a flair for the women. And I, <laughs> you know, I, I, I was making up for high school. Yeah. And so, you know, I, I slept with a few women, you know what I'm saying? And uh, one time, this girl was at my apartment. And we were talking and I was putting the charm on and she goes, well, I heard something about you. I'm like, what? She's like, well, you know, I was at the salon getting my hair done. And this other girl was talking about, how, you know, she slept with you and this, that. And I'm like, oh my God, <laughs> somebody at the salon is, that messed me up. I'm like, whoa, this is too much. Like it almost feels like a sport. Like I have to perform so that it goes on ESPN highlights. <laughs> And this isn't the mind frame that you really want to be in because now you're thinking of the results too much. Right. And you're too attached to manage things and that becomes, you're trying to manage something that's unmanageable and that requires a lot of energy and control. Yes. (laughs) Yes. Yes, man. It was, it was difficult being a little, a little local public figure and, uh, navigating those waters of, yeah, you know, we talked about it earlier, the reveal, you know, I feel like there should be music coming in for the reveal, the reveal, you know, it's like this big deal, man. Can be. <laughs> and it doesn't have to be. It doesn't have to be. One can relate to their body in such a way that it's as normal to be naked as it is to be clothed. Or it's more normal to be naked than it is to be clothed. Like children want to be naked. But, and, and that's normal, right? You go to indigenous tribes across mm. the world, children are naked, you know, until a certain point where they start covering them up. But nudity mm-hmm. is normal. Mahavira, who was the, the face of Jainism in India, at the same time as Gautama the Buddha, he, as the legend says, you walked around naked. He just walked around naked, didn't care. Uh, there was a, f- a few Greek philosophers that just walked around naked, you know. So, if somebody walked around naked now, it'd be, uh, you know, call the police. They call the police, right? Yeah. You can't even walk into a a store with your shirt off. Never mind, be totally naked. Yeah. And you know, women. You know, I, I want to give women some love here too, man, because they go through it. They go through it. 
they have to look at Nicki Minaj and Kim Kardashian. They got to look at the big booties and the nice shape. And some of them are comfortable and they're going to get plastic surgery. And I know a lot of women who, have, who got fake boobs, got boob jobs. And uh, it seems like a new thing where a lot of them are getting them taken out. Yeah. And they call them explants. Yep. And they're realizing that it's not healthy to have that in your body. And so that there's a movement on that right now with women getting their implants out. So, you know, good for them. Yeah. And, you know, I think what you're bringing up here, it, for me, reminds me of the importance of being a voice for good. And so for me, I'm an advocate of acknowledging beauty. So hmm. it doesn't matter if it's an old woman with missing teeth that's checking me out at the grocery store. I can find something to acknowledge. I could tell her, oh, it's a really beautiful shirt you have on, or I like your tattoo of that like rainbow on your wrist. Like to walk around and be the one who gives voice to the beauty, who acknowledges the beauty, because everyone is living with their version of self-hate and self-condemnation and self-judgment whatever to whatever degree it is maybe there's someone who's like evolved past that and it's not really there but there's an internal dialogue for most of us of what's wrong with us what we need to fix how we could be better and so to go out and to be the one who blesses another through acknowledging what we see even if we see that like wow your earrings are really pretty thank you i i when i worked um at whole foods back in the day I had, there was a friend I worked with. He was a younger guy. He was like five years younger than me. He was like 19 at the time. Every single customer that came in that he checked out, he acknowledged something about them. And it was the most genuine, heartfelt acknowledgement every time. And I remember acknowledging him like, bro, I see the way you operate and the heart space that you're in and the way you acknowledge people. And it had a lasting impact on me that we can go around and we can challenge, like somebody could be lost in their story. And then we come in and we're like, wow, I love your bracelet. That's such a cool bracelet. And boom, we shift the orientation of their, the, the rest of their day through that acknowledgement. There's so much beauty that can be acknowledged. And to be one who acknowledges the beauty, even if we see the things that in our story, like, oh, she's got fucked up teeth, or he is super short, or he's really awkwardly shaped, or yes, and I love your shoes. I love the jewelry you're wearing. I love your smile. Thank you. Right on. Give it, yeah. giving, giving people a genuine compliment, uh, even if they're a stranger, is, is pretty powerful. I, I, I like to do that as well. Yeah. You know, at the grocery store or something. Yeah, it's a perfect place. So many opportunities. Yeah. You know, I think humans are just, a lot of humans are just very vain. Uh, my mom admits that she's a little vain she she's obsessed with dyeing her hair yeah. i'm like mom you're 70 just be gray okay just be gray ma all right just, it's like she's no i have it makes me feel good to look young it's like but you're not young you're 70 just embrace it and so when the pandemic hit she was forced to go gray yeah. Wow. <laughs> and I'm like, just embrace it. I'm like, it looks good, you know? So there's a lot of people out there just, just holding on to how they look. 
Yeah, and you know, I can appreciate what you're speaking to your mom and just embrace it sometimes is the just embracing it is is a journey. It's not just, you know, like right. somebody could have said to me, like, hey, just embrace your penis and love it. And I've had people say that to me. And there's a lot of coaches and tantric sexual healers and people in that world that would work in that realm. But the the architecture of the shame and the way the psyche was formed around it, it's not just a just. It's not just it's a like, just. There, yeah, like who would your mom be if she was just a woman who was gray? It, it's so, you know, I would imagine for all the time she was dying her hair, it was so radically confronting to her story of who she was yeah. that she couldn't embrace just being gray because that would require the death of a version of her that she wasn't ready to let go of. Mm. That's that's somebody needs to write that quote down. It's not just a just. It's not just a just. It's a good t-shirt, right? There's layers. <laughs> There's many layers. Layers and layers and layers. One of the things that I thought about when I did see your post a few years ago about the penis is yeah. Howard Stern. So the yeah. most the most famous radio host ever. Yeah, I mean, he he talked about his penis size all the time. Of course he did it in a joking way. So nobody knew if it was true or not, you know, yeah. and here he is interviewing porn stars and beautiful women. And he's just like, yeah, you know, I got a small penis, but what's this guy's penis like? Do you think that the embracing it makes the woman curious and want to find out? Hmm. Yeah, that's a good question. I think and I've had this, this is my opinion, and I've also had this validated by women in my life, that uh, independent of the penis size, the man who carries the penis and his orientation to his penis is what's interesting. So, for example, a man with a large penis who lacks confidence versus a man with a small penis who's deeply embodied, deeply confident and secure with himself is going to have a different impact on the um, attraction and curiosity and the energetics that are activated in a, in a woman or in the opposite sex or whatever the relational dynamic is. Right. That it's actually about who is the one that's carrying whatever this thing is that's in his pants or in her right. pants or whatever. Like who is the person behind that? And I've been on the whole spectrum. I've been deeply insecure. And I, I tell it in my story. I've been deeply insecure and ashamed and low confidence and sabotaging experiences with women because I was so scared of the reveal yeah. to being on the other side or at a, a, a further from there. Not that there's sides, but where I'm just, I just am who I am. I have the body that I have and that's it. Right. You know, and the it's only, not this thing. The only other option would be some sort of surgery, which, which it just could go way wrong. In my reality, that's not an option. Right. And in some people's reality, that is a, that, that option actually opens them to possibilities and potentials that are inaccessible because of actual limitations in the physiology of their body and the, like geometry of their like genitals. Hmm. And uh, that's not, that was never necessary for me. Like it was psychological 
like right. the issue, you know, like oftentimes, so here's the thing. I would say address, this is like a very blanket statement, a generalization, like all of us, all humans, first and foremost, should address the psychological wounding and the trauma that has led to this experience of reality. And then if you need to do something to alter the actual physical dimensions or the physicality, then do something, but don't do that first to impact the psychological wounding. Like if I had bigger breasts, then I would be, um, then I'd feel more confident. If I had more money in the bank account, then women would be interested in me. If I drove a Ferrari instead of a Tesla, then someone would notice me. Like all of that seeking external um, validation to confirm some story that we don't currently inhabit within ourselves. I say, fuck that. Mm. Like the work is actually in living as if you have the Ferrari and the money and the, the body and all of that, like being whole and at peace with who we are and what we have now. And then if we need to do something or take certain actions, take them, but don't take them because they're going to give us something we think we don't have. And as I, you know, I'm preaching to the choir right now. I think that women ultimately love a guy that's confident, period. Just period. And I think that's, that's the first thing, yeah. you know? And, you know, what the guy looks like is almost secondary sometimes to some women. Yeah. And also the confidence piece, like, I think it's important to distinguish that being confident as a man doesn't necessarily mean being an alpha male. Right. Macho. Yeah. Yeah. You don't need to be macho alpha, like super celebrity star kind of person. It can be like being quiet and humble and reserved and very intentional with words and actions and receptive and more of like a gentle giant. Right. It's, it's so interesting. You know, I remember going to the gym, you know, becoming a gym rat for the first time and confronting the showers. Now back in middle school, high school, scary stuff as an adult, as a, you know, a 30 year old guy, back then, <laughs> not 30 anymore, going to the gym was, was a big deal. And, it, you know, I wanted to confront that, just like you were talking about, you have to confront it. And I was so surprised to see how many older dudes just don't care. They just don't, they don't care, dude. Like old dudes just walk around naked at the yeah. gym. And I'm just like, what is going on here? You know, <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> these dudes don't care. And they're not, they're not, you know, you see some guys that have the big privates, and, but most of them don't. And they're secure, obviously. And they're walking, you know, from their locker to the shower. And that was aha moment for me back then that, well, these yeah. dudes don't care. I don't know if it's an age thing. Maybe they cared when they were 30 or 20 and now they're 60 and they're, they don't care. What a blessing to age in that regard, right? Because yeah. when you're young, it's like, this is everything. Everything, everything. is about what's here. This is everything. it. This is the whole world is about what's in my pants. Yes. 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 I, I mean, I, I can recall being 15, 16, 17 and the only thing on my mind is, is having sex. Because maybe my friend 
had it. And it's like, all right, well, I'm up the bat here eventually, but what do I do? Okay. Well, who's it going to be? How's it going to be? What about the reveal? What about this? Where's it, you know, it just, this is high pressure, high stress stuff for a young man, for a, a, a boy. The, the, virgin, the virginity itself could be a whole podcast episode. It could be. And, and amidst all of this, what is off, what I'm reminded that is a serious issue on the planet right now is the lack of leadership for young men. I didn't have any role models or men that I could look up to um, my dad was there, but he wasn't in the there in a way that could contain my evolving relationship to my own sexuality and genitals. And so the need for youth to be mentored and guided and held by older men, mature men, elders, or just older men who've done their work and could be like, come here, come here, we're going to have a conversation. Like those conversations weren't happening and there is a serious lick, lack of leadership in, in the youth. The youth are just wild. Who do they look up to? They look up to the celebrities. They look up to the TMZ people. They look up to sports people, you know, are there, do they have access to like men who've done the work who are working in the field of personal development and leadership to be like, we're all going to gather on Saturday in the forest and spend three hours together connecting as boys and men, right? It's just, it's, it, it's the access isn't there in most, for most youth. They're lacking leadership and how different this situation would have been for you and I, if we had proper masculine leadership as kids. That's right. And usually the leader has to come to the kid because yeah. the kid's too ashamed to, even bring it up. I have this one story where I must have been 17 and this, you know, I got it on with this girl, right? It didn't go all the way, but it was, you know, invigorating. <laughs> you know, it got hot and heavy, but she left. And I remember being in pain, like in my private area and, yeah. what, you know, kind of limping around. And my dad, my dad is not a communicator, not the type to bring, you know, but I had no, cho I felt like I had no choice because I'm like, I need to go to the doctor or something, something's wrong. And I, I, I mustered up the courage wow. to ask my dad <laughs> and he's like, well, sounds like you got blue balls. Mm. Did you get it on with anybody? I'm like, yeah. And he's like, yeah, you got blue balls. He's like, you need to go upstairs and handle it. Yeah. <laughs> Straight to the point. Yeah. And I never heard anything like that ever again with him. But mm. hey, thanks, Dad. I, I mean, I was in pain and, you know, that's uh, something uh, guys go through sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. It's a common thing when you're younger. Yeah. Yeah. Need that release. Yeah. And it's just an I imagine it was, you know, getting yourself to that point of speaking to him was quite a journey. Yeah. You know, yeah. all the stories and the what ifs and what's he going to think and is he going to tell mom and like, you know, yeah. whatever, yeah. like all of it. Yeah. Yeah. And, and there's, there's lots of stories with women too, just the pillow talk, yeah. laying there and easing into the looking for acceptance on, 
your body like oh you know we we me and this girl's have had sex four or five times already uh we're we're comfortable with each other we you know, let me see if i can get some justification right and then there's all the pillow talk of uh so what do you think about this and what do you think about that and do you really like me <laughs> there's so much there's this this dynamic of the body is so layered you know and it's just not adjust. It's just not adjust. It's not just adjust. And so what the world needs, in my opinion, is men and women who are healing all layers of trauma, sexual trauma, shock trauma, relational trauma, developmental trauma, pre and perinatal trauma, ancestral trauma. The heart of the work that I do is at the renegotiation of trauma, clearing the traumatic imprints and the wounding that occurred that impacted the development of our psyche and our, our identity mm. to create a new version of self who's no longer operating through the lens of unresolved trauma and instead has reactivated and returned to the divine blueprint of who one is capable of being when they're no longer formed out of the trauma. And from that place, creating children, creating communities, holding people accountable, speaking truth, showing up as a leader in the world. Because mm -hmm. the, what the youth of today need is men and women who've done the inner work and can show up and hold them in their trepidation, in their fear, can hold them with their shame and with their insecurity and be like, come here, I got you. Like, it's really that simple to do the work so that we can then be the leaders who show that there is another way and make an impact on these younger generations. Right. And it's going to take, we're not going to see it. This is the thing I keep coming back to. Like it's going to take many, many generations. It could be a hundred generations to clear some of these larger social dynamics that are underpinning the nature of this conversation we're having. Right. It could be hundreds of generations. It may never happen in the course of human history for certain social traumas to ever be reconciled. Facing your penis shame issue, did that help you become a better coach? Absolutely. Without a doubt. Facing all of my sources of shame and all of my stories and all the things that have impacted how much of me I allow the world to see as I've come to more fully embody and inhabit who Ken is and what Ken has experienced and own it and allow that to be a platform of leadership and wisdom and teaching and guidance, it's impacted every aspect of my life, including the support I'm able to hold for others. Now that's penis power. That is penis power. <laughs> <laughs> I, think right I, on. I think I might name this episode penis power. Oh, yeah. And uh, I encourage everyone to hop on Amazon and, and, and get Ken's book. And, yeah, I appreciate that. And, you know, read that story. Uh, where, where can folks find you to come say hello in the social media world? Yeah, I'm on Facebook. And um, in the next week or so, I'm launching a new website, um, Ken Freed, K-E-N-F-R-I-E-D dot M-E. And my suggestion at this time is go on my site and subscribe to my writing. I'm a writer, 
and I do podcasts and I create Native American flute healing music and I put it all out. So if someone subscribes to my site, I send out all new content and um, that would be the first place to engage with me is to get a feel for me. I've written a lot of content over the years and it's all on my website from health and healing and disease and detoxification to, to spiritual um, cleansing and fasting and trauma renegotiation and ancestral trauma clearing. And like yeah. I've been all over the place on the last 10 years of being on this healing journey. Uh, can we expect more books from you? There's a book. I don't know when it's going to be created, but there will be, there will be more. And in the meantime, there is really beautiful and prolific content that I'm creating. And someone can scroll through on my homepage and see all the stuff I've written over the years and just like read some of the titles, look at the pictures and like let, it's almost like a, a divination, just scroll and see where you're taken. My last question. Yeah. Now you hop on this Zoom call with me to do this podcast episode and you're you're free as a bird to talk about the whole peeing the shame thing. Yeah. Because it's already happened. Could you, what would it have been like to do this episode 10 years ago? Yeah, it's a good question. It wouldn't have been possible. I couldn't even have the conversation with myself. Right. I couldn't even acknowledge to myself. I was just starting to, that's not true. 2010. I was just starting to make peace with all of this. And I shared in the story about that time frame. I would just quit my job as an engineer. I talk about that in the book. Um, what kind of it's been an evolution. I, I used to be a mechanical engineer. I worked in uh, manufacturing R&D. So composites manufacturing for aircraft structures. Okay. Yeah, it was very technical work and um and 10 years from now it'll be interesting to look back on this conversation we had and be like wow 10 years from now if we were to have this conversation i wonder how it would be different than what was shared today and what we talked about today that's the beauty of recordings yeah and you know you know uh, assuming that everything doesn't collapse and we still have the internet in 2030 yeah we'll have to listen again that'd be sure. cool <laughs> And, and I'd love to have you back on to do another episode and to talk about, you know, the shaman stuff and the Native American stuff that you're into. Yeah, I'd love to talk about that with you. So we'll get it. We'll get, we'll get you back on and, and do some more stuff, man. Yeah, I love that. Thanks, brother. And thanks for having me as a guest and doing what you're doing and getting out the good word. Thank you, sir. I hope somebody got something out of this, male or female. Body shaming is no joke. We have to stop doing it to other people, and we definitely have to stop doing it to ourselves. There's so much content on the Inner Peace podcast. Be sure to go back to episode one, two, three, all the beginning episodes. Work your way up. Share with friends and family and loved ones. And let's really expand the consciousness. If you're looking for my work, Go to drreese.com and I'll talk to you on the next episode. Thanks for listening to Inner Peace with Dr. Reese. If this episode opened your heart, 
feel free to share on social media and tell your loved ones. Also, be sure to subscribe so you never miss an episode. Until next time, may peace be with you.